Welcome to the Shrink Box, and welcome to a very special episode in which we are sharing with you a very interesting conversation that we had with our local news anchor, Nicole Hickel. Uh, during this conversation, you will be able to get into sharing with us the journey of understanding how somebody so public in our area made a decision to come out and let uh, all of our community know that she had been struggling with severe symptoms of mental illness. Uh, we hope that you enjoy this episode. My name is Nicole Hickel. I'm the evening anchor for CBS4 News. I've been here in the Valley for about four years. I started off as a morning anchor at CBS4, and then in September 2017, um, I was promoted to the evening show. So yeah, the Valley feels like home. Just bought a house in McAllen, so people are like, oh, you planted roots? So I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I don't intend to leave anytime soon, so I love it out here. What we know is that uh, you're being very outspoken about um, you know suffering and mental illness. Can you tell us a bit about how that is for somebody in a position like you? It's scary. Um, I think initially, I mean, you never plan to come out public to people and be like, okay, I'm suffering with this. I mean, the first step for me was realizing, okay, this is more than just a sadness for a couple of days. This is going on for weeks and weeks. So I went to therapy ended up being recommended to a psychiatrist for the first time in my life and having to be put on medication. So I'm going through that, but then I still fluctuate. So have these up and downs because as we know, like things take time. You don't just, you know, you don't take medication and then boom, the next day you're, you're perfectly fine. No, you know, it takes time for your body to adapt to these changes and even mentally as well. Um, so when I made the decision in June of last year to go public, it was really just for me to just rip off this mask that people, you know, that I put on for, for work, even in front of my coworkers, in front of family. And then of course on TV, looking happy, everything's okay. And just to reveal to people that, no, I'm really suffering. And, um, it was a really scary moment for me, but, uh, and it was scary even after I did it, it was kind of like, Oh God, <laughs> it's real. Like everyone knows now. Uh, but it, it was nice to put it out there because then, I feel like I didn't have to constantly be wearing that mask. I mean, it's, it's so exhausting to act like everything's okay when it's not okay. So I was just tired of that. And I know that there's other people out there who do the exact same thing. So I was just like, you know, let's, let's normalize mental health. Let's talk about it. I mean, there are hundreds and thousands of people who are suffering a lot, suffering in silence. So let's, let's start talking about it. Thank you, Nicole, for sharing that with us. I think that was a very brave thing that you've been doing uh, for the past year or so. Um, I I, I want to ask you, how long ago did you start feeling depressed? Or when did you notice for the first time you were feeling depressed or, or that this was something more uh, than just normal, you know, day-to-day -day feeling sad? Well, I've, I've suffered with depression. I've had my, my bouts in um, high school in college, but, um, professionally, this is my first time dealing with it. 
Um, cause you know, whenever you're in school and stuff, you can kind of, you, you can skip classes. Of course your grades will probably slip, but whenever you're a professional, you really have to, it, there's a pressure that you have to be on and that you can't slip up. Um, but professionally struggling with this, I think I started, um, in probably 2000. 17 and about November, December. And, you know, typically we know that there are, um, there's seasonal depression, you know, sad. So I I thought that maybe it was just associated with the holidays that, you know, family's not here, we're away, I'm working. Um, but it just kept kind of lingering and it just got harder and harder to get out of bed. I mean, it was just to a point where I would literally stay into bed the last minute until, you know, one o'clock and then I get up and get ready to go to work. So I have to be there at 2 PM. Um, you know, it was affecting my marriage with my husband. It was affecting my relationship with my daughter because I, I had no energy to be involved. So that's when it was just like, okay, I need to go to counseling. Um, and I went and that's whenever the therapist had just told me that, you know, you have severe depression, I'm amazed that you're still here with the the numbers that you're showing right now. Cause there's a, a, a test that you take to just kind of gauge, okay, how you're feeling emotionally. And my numbers were just so, you know, high that she was just like, I mean, yeah, you, you are suffering from severe depression. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And then it ended up, you know, me going to the, um, the psychiatrist, but yeah, that was the biggest thing is that I just didn't want to do anything even just getting up felt like a struggle. Um, I stopped working out, um, stopped wanting to, you know, go out and visit with people. You know, you kind of isolate yourself because you go to work and you have to act like everything's okay. And like when you're not there, it's like, okay, I can be myself, which is, I don't want to do anything. So I, th- I think that was the, the biggest thing is isolation and just sleeping way too much. Thank you. I, I I think that that sounds that was a very difficult time, and I can imagine how hard it was for you to make the decision to maybe seek some help. Um, I, I'm wondering, did, did it take? It sounds like it took you a while to to sort of like realize what was going on. Um, was there anything that kept you from seeking help before that? Um, I've been in therapy before, but I think this time around, it was different. And I didn't want to admit that something was wrong. Um, I think as an adult, there's just so many factors that come into play, um, work, marriage, friends, family, children, and you feel this pressure that you have to be okay. You have to be the rock and you don't want anyone else to see you, um, falling. So I think that's why it took me so long to just be like, okay, I need help. And like for me to just tap out and be like, I can't do this by myself because, you know, you just stay so busy and you, you're like, oh no, I'm actually okay. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. You just, you just put it second. And, um, I just think that that's an issue that our society has is we've gotten better, but we are still putting mental health second versus our physical health. If you get diagnosed with, um, diabetes or cancer or anything, you know, horrible illnesses, but you are quick to be like, 
okay, let me address this. Let me make changes. But that's not the case with mental health. And I don't think people realize that, you know, they're in direct correlation. You're, you're going to be as physically healthy as you are mentally. Um, so I think that's, that's just, you know, that's something that I realized. And I, I'm glad that I, I finally, you know, realized it, that like enough was enough. I have to seek out help. Like, you're not superwoman. You're not Superman. Like everyone needs help sometimes. Uh, thank you, Nicole, for sharing with us uh, your experience. I think this can be very valuable to a lot of people that follow you. Uh, I, I I think that uh, you're in a unique position to help people that sometimes might feel that maybe uh, this type of things don't happen to them. And I think that uh, for that reason, uh, you coming out has been a very brave thing. And I, and I appreciate that. Can you tell us a little bit, share us a little bit about that experience, about uh, you know, decide, making that decision? Uh, I know that you were struggling, but what was it like? How did you experience that for yourself saying, I'm going to take this step? Um, you know, it makes a person feel vulnerable uh, a lot of times, like you said, scared, um, and sometimes scared. You know, how are people going to react? Uh, how are people going to think about me? Uh, was there any type of uh, consequences that you saw uh, on a negative way of coming out and, and sharing your experience? Sorry, this is the first time I'm like blanking out. I think, I think it's a lot of, I have to go back and pull into the, the, that moment. Um, it's not an easy moment. No, okay. It, it, it's not. Let me... I'm, I'm fortunate enough that there were people in the community that supported me. There, I, you know, there is that fear that, okay, when you make your, you put yourself out there and you show this vulnerability, um, there may be some people who are just like, whatever. But, um, no, the community has been very supportive. My my company, my family, my friends. And what happened that I thought was amazing and what I wanted to happen out of this is people saying me too. And people coming out and saying like, you know, I'm so glad that you opened up about this topic because I'm suffering too. You know, I would have never known that you were suffering. And I think that's a another stigma that our society has created as well is that we think that just because someone is a professional or, um, you know, has their career, they have a family, they have friends, like on the outside, everything appears to be okay. We just think that, oh, there's, why would they be sad? What, what's actually wrong in their life? But, you know, in reality, no one's immune to depression. It doesn't, it doesn't matter your race, your religion, your gender, you're rich, you're poor, you're really pretty, you're average. I mean, you're a lawyer, you're even a psychiatrist. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like everyone's mental health, um, you know, is susceptible to, you know, that sadness. And then for others, it ends up being that depression or bipolar disorder or anxiety. Um, so I, I'm really fortunate that, you know, being open to people, I didn't feel like I was judged, even though, you know, that's the fear, right? Is that you say, okay, I, I need help. You know, I can't do this. 
um, I can't get out of bed, you're scared that people are um, just going to turn away. But it, it was the opposite of that. So, you know, I take that. And when I see other people and, you know, they, they say the, they share these kind words or, you know, encouragement, I tell them like, you know, um, thank you, but, you know, share that with other people too. You know, it's, it's obviously, it's not just me who's suffering. And I think if there's anything that I've taken away with, you know, the three months that I had off from work and voluntarily entering myself into treatment is that just to be kind and genuine to people, because you never know what people are going through. So I, that's the biggest takeaway that I've gotten is just to, just to spread love to people no matter what, because even you just saying hi or complimenting someone's attire, it could be that one, that could be that moment that saves their life. You, I mean, you, we have no idea. You could be encountering people who are literally contemplating if they should be here. And you could be the one person, that stranger that says something nice and it lifts them up and they're like, you know what? I can live for another day. And that's really what it is. It's just one day at a time. So I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how has your experience been receiving treatment? Uh, because that's uh, also a big uh, vulnerability for a lot of people, going and talking about it with someone, taking medications, doing other aspects. Uh, what? How, how has that experience been for you? Like you said, talking to someone and having to show that vulnerability um, is tough. But then on top of that, you're talking to pretty much a stranger until you get to build that rapport and relationship with your therapist. I mean, that first couple of sessions, you really don't know that person. Um, so it, it's tough to open up. And then it kind of gets to the point where it's like, man, do I really want to talk about my emotions? And then somehow the therapist pries it out of you and then you feel great. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm glad I went to that session. Like, you know, I, I needed that. So it's definitely been a journey with um, the treatment that I've received. And I remember initially whenever um, I was recommended to a psychiatrist and they recommended um, medicine, medication, you know, I've, I've been against it just because me personally, I'm like, it's again, it's that mindset. No, I don't need it. Like I can get through it myself. And then you just come to this realization, like, but if there's something that could help you, even just help you a little bit, why wouldn't you try it? Was it ever embarrassing the whole process of actually coming out and saying, I feel depressed. I struggle with depression. Was there ever an embarrassing moment attached to that? I wasn't really embarrassed whenever I was open and revealed to people that I was suffering with depression. Maybe like at first, because I did that on a Friday night, which worked out, right? Then I had the whole weekend to kind of, you know, let it settle in what I just did. And then you go to work and I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm walking in and people are like, oh yeah, your video. Yeah, that was, that was, that was really brave. And I'm just like, yeah, now you know why I've probably been like disappearing or like crying in the bathroom or, you know, so it, it, it really, uh, it was kind of like a, oh, this is a real moment. But I think what was the most, um, the time that I felt the most embarrassed was again, when I had to take those three months off, because it's like, 
I came out, you know, like I said, I came out, I discussed mental health and then it's like, wow, Nicole's still not okay. Like she's going to be gone for three months. So that was embarrassing. And, um, you know, I, I just eventually just got to the point, obviously that off time where you just realized that it, it had to be done. So I, you know, even whenever I came back, I was like, what will people think? But at the end of the day, like I, how I feel on the inside is what's going to affect my day to day. Not really how someone feels about me. That's not going to affect my day to day. How I feel about myself is what's going to affect my day to day. Do you recall one or two examples of things that you felt or consequences that you felt were very positive? Somebody you saw on the street or somebody you talked to that you felt was positively impacted by you being brave and saying, hey, guys, I'm struggling with this. Yeah, that that was the the beautiful thing that came out of being so open is the number of people that came to me. And there were some people who came to me and messaged me in my Facebook. And I mean, we would just have a conversation back and forth. We would check in with each other, you know, every day, every other day, um, because they were suffering too. So it was nice to have that, that conversation and to show a vulnerability to someone that you believe understands it as well. When we come back, we will be able to learn what was the turning point in this beautiful story of Nicole Hickel. You were talking earlier about um, having a, a mindset, you know, and sort of like changing that mindset that we that we have. I mean, when we think about it, you know, since you're very young, you are sort of brought up by society with some standards. And some of those standards don't really uh, favor mental health in general. Um, they put a, a shame connotation into mental health. Um, you, 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 for one reason or another, um, are uh, not allowed to say you're going to a psychiatrist, but yet you're allowed to say that you're going to see your primary care because it doesn't feel um, the same. You know, um, I, I think I can imagine how hard it is to change that mindset that we all been brought up with and I was just wondering what did it for you what how what was the, the turning point to change that mindset that you that that, that you said you were having and I mean when I was in treatment the whole month I didn't put on makeup the whole time maybe once for like my family weekend day but you know and I wore comfortable clothes and it just you could just be authentic and I think that was a turning point for me to realize that man all this other stuff does not matter and that's when I came to that conclusion that how I feel internally is what matters the most. So stop putting, you know, all these materialistic things on a pedestal. Stop thinking that if I had this clothes or this jewelry, these shoes, I'm going to look aesthetically pleasing to people whenever I'm broken on the inside. So, I mean, just, just be authentic and just worry about how you perceive yourself. A lot of the people that, that listen to us in our podcast are mothers. And um, I think you being in a, a mother as well um, have a unique perspective of uh, mental health uh, and impacts of mental health in, 
in family, in your child. And it, many times I hear, oh, this is not with me, you know, this is, you know, even, even shame if my, my child has ADHD or any mental health. What kind of things can you can you tell the, the mothers that might be listening in terms of how this has an impact in your child, both your mental health uh, when you were not treated and then after you being treated? I think the, the biggest thing that, um, you know, my severe depression took away from me is that time that I could have spent with my daughter versus spending time um, in bed. And um, I think as a mother, we feel this pressure to always be doing everything right, um, to make sure that we're just always on top of it. Like we, we can't let our family down. Everything needs to be clean. The kids need to have everything for school. They need to look, they just need to be perfect and everything needs to be perfect all the time. And, um, you know, I've come to realize that it's okay to be tired. <laughs> It's okay to be 10 minutes late to school. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I just don't, I think that just, it just adds to the stress and adds to the, the negative thoughts or perceptions that we have in ourselves when we just have such a high standard. And, you know, in reality, these other people, you know, they're not holding us to the standard that we are. So why are we holding us to this, okay, I have to be a hundred percent all the time when really, you know, it's okay to have, um, those days. So, you know, if you, if you need a, there are still days where I, I need a break, even if it's like a couple of hours of me time, that's so important because yeah, you know, that's, that's time away from family, but I rather have a couple hours of me time to gather myself and then be able to spend time with my daughter than not take that time and just sulk all day and not really be an active parent, not be engaged because I'm like, why can't I be, why can't I have me time? Why can't I have me time? So I think that's, it's really important to, you know, have that time to just gather your thoughts and, you know, just relax and, and decompress. And then you can, you know, be the parent that you want to be after you have that, that time. Um, the, the funniest or the greatest thing that, um, I've seen when I, when I see other mothers, I don't know why I said this is the greatest thing, but I I've seen other mothers whenever I'm dropping off my daughter's school. And it's a day that I'm like really tired and I'm like, I made it on time, but boy, am I tired? My hair is a mess. And then I'll see other mothers sometimes too. And they look tired as well. And you just kind of look at each other like, yeah, I understand. <laughs> so it's like, it, there's comfort in knowing that, you know, we're all normal. We're not perfect. Like things are going to happen. So, you know, just don't be hard on yourself. You know, it's okay to have me time. It's okay to sleep in sometimes with the kids, you know, it's okay to be like, okay, give me an hour and then we'll run around in the backyard. I mean, that it, you need that time in order to just be in an involved parent, because like I said, you'll end up like how I was and you don't take that me time and you're just like struggling the whole time. It's like the kid that is so tired and keeps crying. It's like, just take that nap. And when you wake up, you'll be really happy. It's the same thing with parents. I, I wanted to ask you in your experience, having gone through this, what do you think, you know, besides treatment, obviously you shared with us, 
you know, what can families, you know, spouses, uh, extended family, uh, employers, what can they do to be more supportive when someone's going through this? The thing with family supporting you whenever you're going through, um, you know, your depression or, or anything, um, a family obviously has to be very supportive. My family was supportive, um, fortunately, and they understood that, okay, Nicole needs this time off from work and Nicole needs to, um, you know, find herself and learn about herself. My husband was very supportive too. Uh, he had to take care of our daughter and, you know, hire someone to help him too. Whenever I was gone for, you know, a month in treatment and then pretty much stayed in Houston after that treatment too with family and friends. So, um, he, he was very supportive. I'm very thankful for that. Now, is everyone going to always be supportive? No, it's not the case. There were people I met in treatment that people didn't support them. They didn't believe that they were going to change. Um, and they were still going to be the same way, but you have to do it for yourself. I didn't go to treatment because, you know, my family's like, yeah, you should do it. My husband's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll support you. No, I did it for myself because I, I needed to. So even if you, if you don't have that support, you just have to put your foot down and be like, look, this is for me. Like, and unless, you know, and I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to be involved. I want to be happy. So I'm doing this for myself. And whenever I come back, you know, I hope that you will take me with open arms and that we can just move forward, but do it for yourself. Who cares what other people think? I wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I, I rebounded, I'm back to my usual self, I'm back to that. Uh, a lot of, and we call that resilience, right? Uh, being resilient is coming back to where you were before. Uh, but a lot of people go through what we call post-traumatic growth, which means that you come out being a different person. You learn something from this experience. I wonder if you could share any of that with us. I think... Um the growth that I've had, I mean, I went back to being, you know, that social person being involved. I love to be involved in my community and things that, you know, um, just giving back. But I think the, the growth that I had is again, that, that mindset. Um, I'm 28, I'll be about 29 and you know, it, it doesn't come, I thought it came with age, but it doesn't come with age. I think it, it takes something to happen in your life for you to have that mindset to be like, okay, I know who I am. You know, people are going to say stuff. People are going to say stuff behind my back. People are not going to like me and that's okay. You're stronger. I, I feel stronger. Yeah. It, because I would be so sent. I, I still struggle a little bit with it. I struggle with needing validation from people, especially at work. And it, and it just rips you apart because you're not going to always get that validation. It's, it's never going to be as much as you want it to be. And, you know, that's something that I'm still learning with, but I've just come to the realization that you have to just internally know your worth, you know, um, know what you can accomplish, what you want to accomplish and know that not everyone's going to be a fan of you. I, I was just wondering, uh, uh, to finish, you know, if, if we, we, okay with you, if we, Maybe do a round where we can say a word and then you can let us with one word what that means for you. Okay. All right. So uh, the first thing, um, if I say the word uh, mental health. Awareness. Losses. 
Gains. Stigma. Barrier. Growth. Growth. Ooh, that's a tough one. Necessary. Psychiatry. Necessary comes to mind too, but I'll say uh, just uh, um, helpful. Medications. For for me, it's uh, for me, it's it's necessary. Empathic listening. Ooh, I feel like the words are just getting harder and harder every time. Uh, um, it's not a quiz. I know. I I'm like, what grade did I get? Um, open minded. Mental health. Shame. <laughs> Bullshit came to my mind. <laughs> Keep it like that. Excellent. Um, any any parting ways for our audience? I for for people who have actually listened to my story and and care and have said me too. Thank you guys so much. I can't thank you uh, enough. Um, I'm just wanted to normalize mental health, and I wanted to um, show people that doesn't matter who you are, you could be struggling. Um, and you know, the takeaway from this and whatever you move forward from today is just um, to be kind, be positive, be genuine, be authentic. Um, and, and one of the things that I've always said too, in my, my segments that I did last year is to spread love, raise awareness, start the conversation. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of the shrink box. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Nicole Hickel, which certainly we enjoyed tremendously. As we move forward into our future and next episode, please feel free to contact us through our social media, that being in Facebook or in Instagram. You can look us up as Shrinkbox. And um, uh, if you are wanting to listen to any particular uh, subjects or any ideas that you have about topics that we may discuss here in the Shrinkbox, please uh, take the time, send us an email, send us an inbox, and we will be happy to uh, entertain ideas from our audience. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you again in our next episode of The Shrink Box. Thank you.